Look at Talk. The new episode starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to another edition of Look at Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an exclusive round. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, this brother is the host of the Diary of a Mad Black Man. Now, I think we're all mad black men, but he's the host of the podcast, and he's holding it down in Atlanta, Georgia. It's Mr. Blake Johnson. How you doing, Blake? Yes, sir. I'm doing great, man. Feeling fantastic. That's what's up, man. How you holding up during this whole coronavirus madness? Man, listen, it's been rough out here. I can't even lie. You know, it's, it's been tough. It's been some really tough times over the past uh, couple weeks. But, you know, we I, I persevered through. I'm still here pushing through. Um, I really kind of dived into my podcast and really been, really that's all I've been doing, especially since I've been laid off from work. But I'm making the best of it that I can, you know. Damn, I'm trying to survive like everybody else out here, you know. I feel you. I'm sorry to hear you got you got laid off from work because it's coronavirus, but um, hopefully you will have another opportunity to wait for you once this madness is over with. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel that um, you know, everything happens for a reason, and it's giving me time and space to really sit with myself, which has been necessary and needed. Um, it's giving me time to really just really think about what it is I want to do in the future. But at the same time, I've also really just been chilling, to be honest, not really doing too much of anything other than podcasting and eating good food. That's, that's about it. I feel you all that. Um, so how you feel, how's it feel like you up there and the, man, and the governor of Georgia is like opening up to says businesses can't reopen, but the mayor of Atlanta telling everybody to stay their behinds home. You know something? I think it's, it, it's, it's something unfortunate all across this country and since this pandemic has happened, you know, when you look at other countries that have had or, or their reactions to the pandemic, it has been like national, nationwide, mandatory. Everybody's doing the same thing. So what we have here in Georgia is basically what you have all across the country. And unfortunately, it, I'm interested to see how it's going to be, how it's going to play out. But I'm in the house. I'm still chilling right now. Like I really don't have a reason to go anywhere, so I won't be going. I feel you, man. I, so, I just made my last little grocery store runs today. So, look, I'm set for the week because, like I said, I work from home. So, I'm just going to be chilling because I know here in Florida they've opened up some beaches, but I ain't going to no damn beach anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and another thing about it, too, is, is that every, because everybody's doing something different, and because there's so much information out there, you really don't know what to believe. So you kind of have to like, I look at it like you choose it like a buffet, choose everything like a buffet and choose what you want. And so you got to decide for yourself, how do you want to live? How do you want to survive? What do you want to do during this time? And for me, I've been in the house for right now. So, uh, which, I, like I said, it has pros and cons to it, but you know. It's all about survival. Yeah, you're right. right. It's definitely all about survival, and we do have our pros and cons of just staying in the house, but I did tell myself I'll make an effort to at least go for a walk in the morning just to get out for a little bit and then come back in, but I totally feel you on that. So let's talk about your podcast, Diary of a Mad Black Man. Tell me a a little about it, man. Yes, sir. So Diary of a Mad Black Man started actually about six months ago. Uh, to actually, actually, it was six months. Like the six month anniversary was the other day, which was really interesting because I was recording on that day, which was yesterday, I believe. Um, it really started from me wanting to have an outlet 
uh, I wanted to, I had so much that was built up. So many things have been happening in my life, as well as I knew I still wanted to give back in some sort of way. And at the time, I was out of work. This is um, sometime last year. Um, towards the end of that last year, I, I was in the hospital. I was really sick for a long time. I was off work for like a month. And long story short, it really just was born out of sitting at home, wanting to still be productive, but being in a place that I really didn't know how to be productive just because of where I was at. And so I just started doing it. And so I decided as I've grown, as I've done more episodes, now I'm at about episode, I think I have about, I have about 35, 36 episodes recorded to date, but I've maybe released about 26, I think episode 26, 27 just dropped this week. And really what it is, is I just want to create a safe space, um, not only for myself, but for other black men to share and express themselves, a space to really talk about mental health. That's one of the main focuses of my podcast is to talk about mental health and to end the stigma of mental health. Because when I was dealing with everything and like starting my podcast, ultimately that was the result of how I was feeling, how I was living, how I was behaving, how I was thinking, and ultimately like how I was eating. So it's such a big topic and a lot of people don't like to talk about mental health. It's very, even for, for me still, still to this day, you know, it, it's not easy to talk about, you know, but it's something that as I've done my podcast more, it's helped me to become more comfortable with. It's helped me to even seek resources and get the help that I need. Like I'm, I see a therapist once a week. And as well as it's allowed me to talk about other things that I'm passionate about, like social justice, you know, education. I used to be a teacher. And so I just have a lot of experiences and things like that. And I just made it a platform for myself. And now I'm inviting other people on. Other people are sharing their stories. I just did a really dope episode with another young lady uh, by the name of Tanya. And um, that'll be coming out next month for Mental Health Month. Uh, just basically talking about domestic violence and the effects of that and so really it's grown to be, it started like as a personal, like therapeutic thing. And now it's grown to still be that, but now I can really share it with other people. So it, it's a beautiful thing. It's growing. I'm still like learning. Like I said, I've been doing this for about six months now and it's, it, it, it's growing, man. I love it. It's my diary. It's just what it is. And that's real. And I'm glad you're growing from it. And I'm glad that you found an outlet for our mental health. So why do you feel like in the black community it's always the men don't really nobody wants to hear what a black man has to think? Because I can I can definitely agree with that too. I just want to know what's your take on it. You know, I'm learning in this process that people do actually want to hear what we think, but it's been somewhat taboo for us to express ourselves and to be vulnerable and to be emotional and to talk about our downfalls, you know, as, as specifically as a black man, you know, we're taught to stay strong. Don't show your emotions. If you're, you know, when we're young boys and talk, you know, only girls cry and things like, you know, those kind of stereotypical things that are taught to a lot of black men. And that's not to say that all black men are this way, because as I've learned and grown, you know, there are some people that, some black men whose experience in their blackness is different than let's say somebody like me who's lived in like six, seven different cities, you know, grew up with a single parent, you know, those kind of stereotypical things. So 
I, I just really love that I, I have this platform and the ability to just share and express myself and to share with other people. No, that's real. And I, I kind of agree with you on that um, because me too, like like yourself, I had a parent, um, single parent, lived all across the country, lived in different cities. And, and also I do have one um my podcast it has been very therapeutic you know what i'm saying for me to just come on and talk sometimes i might go off but sometimes i'm really getting to know people and it's been very helpful so i definitely can attest to that so how have you taken just getting laid off like because i see that was the last episode you talked about how how's that been treating you you know it, it was kind of it's been tough man because i was at a position where I was about to, you know, get my own place, about to get a car and stuff like that, just really kind of recovering from a lot of stuff that happened over the past year. Um, so it's it's tough at the same time. It's giving me an opportunity to really sit down and do things like this, like podcasts, you know, really focused on how I'm speaking, you know, really look at like one of the things I'm very conscious of now is I say um a lot. I like, and I never, I never, was able to sit down and really take the time to examine my own podcast where I was creating until I was laid off and it was all I had you know what I'm saying so it, 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 it's been like an up and down roller coaster man I've, I've enjoyed it a lot but at the same time it's been a lot of like headaches and stress and anxiety and depression and all that stuff but I think that a lot of that also comes with just the era that we're living in and the pandemic and stuff like that so I'm just taking it all with a grain of salt, but I'm pushing through. I'm doing the best I can. Yes, that's real. I'm happy you're pressing through. So, so what are some, what are some things that's helped you got through your depression to help you um, keep through, um, to keep pushing? You know, um, there's a number of things. And for myself, I've dealt with depression throughout my life. Um, on several different occasions, you know, I've had like major depression. I've had like kind of slight depression. Like it, it's like levels to it. You know what I'm saying? There's sometimes where I'm not so depressed to where I like can't eat, can't sleep type stuff. So I do different things and I have different, I guess you could say tools in my toolkit to just help me deal with it and cope with life. Right now, I'm very blessed to be active because at, at, at other points in my life dealing with depression, I wasn't able to be active. There were times when even even just last week, you know, trying to record. I have an episode that I was trying to record dealing with um, just a lot of tragedy and pain. I, I just lost uh, two, three people that I know um, that were very close to me and I cared a lot about. And, and it's still very difficult to talk about. So to have this space and this outlet and to still be engaging with it in a productive way, um, it's. It, Honestly, it's hit or miss, but in this moment, in this time, I think I'm dealing with it pretty well, and I'm very proud of myself for that. Hey, also, I did want to say that, too. I'm sorry for your losses, and you got my condolences, so I completely understand what you're going through. I don't wish down nobody to lose anybody, especially in this time of the pandemic when I feel like everybody needs to be all together, but I, I just don't, yeah. wish, I don't wish that for anybody. Appreciate it's that. no problem, man. And I hate to I hate to hear to hate to hear you losing somebody, but I also like to hear the fact you're recovering from it. And that's not something I would want anybody to go through. So talk to me about this quarantine series you've done. Um what 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 spawned that on? So the quarantine series started um literally like right before quarantine, like how it was. 
And as I started to do it, it became the focus of what my like it just became the focus of like my life it was focused on the quarantine the pandemic because everything that i was dealing with because at the time i was working at still and my job had shut down we were like but we were still operating and because i was on the corporate side i was still working so i was dealing with it i was still having to go out so the effects or the ramifications of dealing with the lockdown and the pandemic became very overwhelming and when I got laid off is also when I realized I was like, you know what, I can't focus on a quarantine series. I guess the idea of doing my, my podcast as a series, the mindset, I had to change the mindset and how I was looking at it in the frame of it. And so I wanted to initially document, you know, the historical aspects of it. Cause this is a, this is a major historical moment. I want to document, you know, how the deaths were climbing and all that kind of stuff. But then I had to stop and I'm like, this stuff is going to be there. You know, the, the historical documentation, this time is going to be there. And I said, what really can I do to help myself in this space, but also not overwhelm myself. And so it was a short series. It was a five series episode, um, five series diary entry, I guess you could say where I talked about like specifically about what I was feeling with, how I was dealing with it. Um, and at one point I got really depressed and like, there's a couple episodes, like some, actually like some, some audio that I haven't released. And like, I just didn't like because of just how, how dark it was, you know, and how I, I even in my voice and it, and it was difficult for me to listen to that. So even right now, like I said, it's all a process, man. And that's really what my show and that's really what my platform is all about. It's just really being open and honest with my process. And so to deal with that in this moment, it was like, you know, I got to stop this series. So now I just want to kind of continue to move my show in the direction of what it was. And if I want to talk about the pandemic, if it comes up, of course it comes up. And most recordings that I'm doing now, like it's kind of like a, like something you can't avoid, like, when you talk when you're on a podcast, like you just can't avoid not talking about it right now. So instead of doing like an actual series, I just decided just to continue with my show. And when it comes up, it comes up as it is, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's like, even, even doing this, the whole exclusive rounds in which I've been doing podcasts with a whole bunch of different people. It's, it's just been interesting just to hear their different perspectives on the um, whole pandemic. Cause some people have a positive outlook on it and, Others, they like me to have kind of a negative outlook on it, but I've just learned to be balanced with it and just learned to just take it all in with a grain of salt. So what's the biggest thing this you feel like this quarantine has taught you so far? You know, um, it's hard to say what the what the biggest thing is because I'm still in the process of learning and adjusting to this. But I will say that preparation is something that like I, I think about a lot just in life in general for whatever can happen, whatever can transpire. You know, so I'm thinking I, I'm gonna learn a big lesson in how to do that in my finances even in like my, my career and how I, you know, choose to get, bring about income to myself. Like now I'm definitely rethinking, like even going to work for somebody else. Like I want to be able to be in a position to where like the pandemic, like for some people right now, isn't that bad. Like, of course, if I was like some people who had a mansion, who had 
three, four, five refrigerators and parking <laughs> right. space and tennis courts and pools and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you if that was your life already and now that you're just stuck in that or you have that kind of house, you know, those kind of amenities around you, of course this wouldn't be as difficult for you. But so it's all relative, but that's really I think it's gonna be the biggest lesson that I'm gonna learn or one of the biggest lessons I'll learn because I think that, that that's just what my mind is focused on is how can I really set my life up to really be able to ride the waves of life and whatever that may be. And this is something that's new and I never really thought about a global pandemic, you know? Like, yeah. so, I don't know. No, we'll, we'll see. no, I totally feel you on that because shit, if I was in it, if I was in a big ass mantra, I'd be set to though. So I totally feel you, man. Listen, like t- tennis courts, you know, right, like people have like basketball courts, basketball, all, right, that, all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Or, or even if you like, like for myself, like, like I'm single, like I don't have any kids, I don't really have, like I have a big family, but I'm not close with them. You know, my family's a lot of spread out. But like, I would think like if you did have like a really like tight family that you all lived with or you were close with, this would be a good time to. I mean, if you're gonna risk being around anybody, I would risk being around my family right now, especially if we're all in the house together you know yeah as long as nobody's sick so i think that there's you know pros and cons to just depending on how your lifestyle is and so me within my moment what i have i'm trying to again like everybody else in those moments taking like a grain of salt because i even think the i even saw the other day i think the mayor tweeted that that her husband was tired of being in the house so it's like everybody's kind of kind of feeling that that sense of wanting to get out wanting to change or having to adjust to a major I mean a change in our lives our lifestyle and how we live so everybody's doing doing the best they can you know honestly everybody is doing the best they can you're right but honestly I will say for me it's just doing shows doing the podcast has definitely been my outlet of not thinking about this, this this damn pandemic and being stuck in the house because now it's like shit why not just try to network with people and just get shows done and just go ahead and have content just coming out so that way I don't have to keep stressing about, oh, what am I going to come out with next? So I feel like people, they just need to come out of this with something, you know what I'm saying, or a, like a trade or something, because can't lie, I'm I'm also contemplating taking some of these free courses they offer in online mm-hmm. and getting, like, certified. And, and, and you know something, there's this, um, like, I've been seeing that idea a lot lately, and for like in in one like i'm like a very multifaceted person so it's like in one respect i can see why people are pushing that agenda like you know work on a trade work on a class or something like that but on the other on the flip side it's like survival mode like there was times like even within the past couple weeks like i didn't feel like podcasting i wasn't able to podcast you know there were certain things that you know just came up so and a lot of people don't have that that privilege or that opportunity to work on a trade or work on a skill or, you know, work on a business or a side hustle or something like that. Cause some people are really in survival mode because they were in survival mode before the pandemic, you know what I'm saying? So now it's just magnified. So it's, I, I, I don't know. Like I'm, like I said, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. I don't really like put any pressure on myself with my podcasting and everything. And I'm also at the same time, I do want it to grow. I do want it to expand. I do want to come out of this with something at the same time because that's just the kind of person that I am. So it, it's like, I think it, it requires balance and understanding of just taking care of yourself at the end of the day. Yes, that's real. Just take, you got to take care of yourself. So I see you wrapped up season one back in March. So what was it like for you to, um, what was season one like for you? 
That's that's a really good question. I think season one of my podcast was me just diving headfirst into podcasting. I didn't even realize that, I I guess I said just the other day, um, that it's been six months since I've been podcasting. And for the most part, I've had a couple patches in time within that six months where I might have missed a week or two weeks here, but I've been putting out content every week. And so when I concluded season one, it was like a almost like a rebranding of my podcast, like going to the next level of podcasting for me in my mind. That's that's why I did it. You know, that, that I was like, you know, I have to somehow you know, in my mind, create a way to show that I'm going to the next level in my podcast journey. And so that's why I did the season one. I ended that. And season one was was a beautiful journey. I really loved it. I learned a lot about myself uh, simply because, I mean, when you think about it, that's like, it's really like, I want to say like 72, I, I don't know the number, but it, it's literally like tens of, almost like over, I think, it's, I guess I could say at least a hundred hours. You know, you think about it, a hundred hours of me sitting and talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just expressing myself. You know what I'm saying? Like a hundred documented hours. And that's not even including the once I really got into it, learning how to edit and cut audio and the episodes that I didn't release. You know what I'm saying? So it's been a way for me to really process as well. So it's it, it's it's been good, but definitely going to another level because I do want to grow in podcasting and really at the same time, I want to make a name for myself, but I also want to stay true to what my podcast is about, which is just being honest, vulnerable, transparent, saying what's real, learning good knowledge and maintaining a safe space to talk and, and share and exchange knowledge. Yes, that's definitely real. Um, I definitely feel you on that. So what are some things you learned about yourself from season one of your podcast? Uh, what is something I, I learned a lot about myself in season one. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I can think of right now is the fact that I did it and the fact that I was able to remain consistent at something. It really was surprising because like I'm one of those people that I, I always have ideas. Like I'm always thinking of ideas, like new business ideas, new this, new that. Like I've had like three LLCs like at this point, but I really kind of started and stopped a, a bunch of shit, to be honest. And so the fact that I stuck with something and it was easy, it was manageable, it's growing. I see new vision in it. I see growth in it. So it's, it's really become like a new hobby, a new passion of mine. So I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. Um, I'm really just, just honestly enjoying the journey. Yes, I totally feel you on that. Um, even for myself, I can I can attest to everything you're saying. I definitely agree with you. So, what are some challenges you still continue to face um, at, in growing your podcast, and how are you dealing with those challenges? You know something, I there are many challenges that I still face in growing my podcast. One that I, I would like to share right now is the fact that what my podcast is, it's a diary. So a lot of it is very personal. Um, it's very emotional. 
Um, at the same time, I know it's been official because of the simple fact that there have been people that have reached out to me and they have contacted me and told me how much they love my show. The fact that I have followers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, people reaching like I'm doing an interview right now, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm doing something right, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's still difficult to deal with it. It's still difficult to do, you know, like I'm still, like I'm living in the middle of a pandemic right now and I'm dealing with depression and anxiety right now in this moment, you know? So it's the fact that it's real, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's difficult to sometimes put that in a microphone. Hey, that's right. I appreciate you fighting through it for me, you know what I'm saying? To come on and uh, fight through, you know, because I know not everybody's able to fight through what they're dealing with. And like I said, I do, I do appreciate I do appreciate you taking time out today, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm taking you for granted, but I really do appreciate it. Uh, oh, no, no, listen, I, brother, I appreciate you so much as well, because this is why I do it. You know, people like you, you, you also have platforms very similar to mine. And the fact that I'm now meeting and networking with like-minded individuals, it's like, I'm, I'm I honestly, it's making me excited for like, when all this shit is over, like, I know I got some people in some cities. Like I'm trying to catch flights, road trips. Like, Talk to up? me. Let's link up. Let's, Talk to let, me. Let's do this. Let's let's do live in person. You know, even if we are just six feet away, like you know what I'm saying, we still six feet away with our masks on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's I, I'm trying to I'm finding the the positive the positive the positive outcome in all of this. So that's it. it, it I do believe that there's going to be good that's going to come out of doing what it is I'm doing, and I'm already seeing the fruits of my labor and what I'm manifesting. No, I, I totally feel you. I totally feel you. It's like, that's why I still do these exclusive rounds with a lot of different people. Because now I got connections all across the country. I'm like, damn. So now if I pull up in somebody's city, I can just look through the list of people I did podcasts. Well, hey, I'm in your city. And, and if y'all already come down to Florida, hey, come holler at me. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So I totally feel you on that. Because honestly, I will say that that's the one thing I, I admit I love about podcasts. And I'm making connections that I, I wasn't um able to make because like you, I've started things and I've stopped them. But this, I've just kept going with this. Even after mm -hmm. having some people split from me, I just kept going. So, and that's one thing I've learned so far is just no matter what it is, just keep going because somebody out there wants to hear your voice and somebody out there is going to yes. want to find the good yeah. in it. Even the episodes yeah. you think are might be terrible, you're like people give you feedback, and I was like, really. Man, listen, like I let I've had that experience like time and time again. I was like, I've had like when I look back over like the episodes and the things that I put out, like I was just so shocked. Like I'm, I'm still kind of somewhat in shock that people are interested in the stuff that I've been saying, like on my show and like how I've been expressing myself. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like I, I, I love it. I know that it's nothing. It's nowhere but up from here. Yes, that's real. It's nothing. There's nowhere up from here. That's why I always tell myself, even through the dark moments of having a podcast, it's like, it can only get better from yeah. here. It's just, yeah. it's, everything's just temporary. It can only get better from here, and it's going to get better from here. So tell me, I got to take this back to December. Are you still trans-vegan? <laughs> no, I am not trans-vegan. Well, so right now, let, let me back up. See, this is... You know, you know something. This question just kind of threw me off. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't expect you to bring that up while we were here. Because here's the thing: like, I literally wanted to do like a YouTube channel. 
I wanted like like when I say I wanted to take veganism so seriously, and I did take it seriously. Like, I was vegan for eighteen days, yo. And <laughs> I was you lasted longer than me. <laughs> Listen, eighteen solid days of no animal byproducts whatsoever, and like I had prepared for, like and still to this day like that like I don't drink like dairy milk like I, there's still like I'm still more of a plant based diet but to be vegan and to also to be like on the go like how I was during that time it just it just wasn't working with my body you know what I'm saying so I had to change some things up and so now I I would consider myself more of like a flexitarian I guess you could say I I guess I could say I'm still trans vegan because I would like to eventually be 100% vegan and not eat anything from any animal byproducts. Um, But at the same time, it's like there are certain nutrients and vitamins and things that we get from things that are derived from animal products. So it's like, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I right now, especially right now during the middle of quarantine, I'm eating what I want. <laughs> yes, I know that's right. You better eat what you want because honestly, I looked into being a vegan myself, but then I looked at some of the um byproducts and some of the effects, and I was like, you know what? It ain't it ain't worth it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm seeing how somebody how this don't agree with your body. I was like, look, just go ahead and give give me the steak right now. Look, give me the steak, give me the chicken, you know what I'm saying? Give me what I'm used to, you know, but I will cut back and I will cut back on the fried stuff and you know what I'm saying, but I'll and I'll cook more. So how's that been for you cooking more? Because I'll be seeing a lot of people on social media whining and complaining about having to cook more. Well, see, for me, it, it's interesting because I love to cook. Like I've actually been cooking since I was like nine, ten years old, like really like throwing down. Like I started out making breakfast. Like scrambled eggs with like bacon and onions, and just grew from there. So I've always been a cook, but now I'm cooking a lot more than I was because before, like, I had really stopped cooking because just the way my life was set up, I was always moving and going and just on the go. So now I'm cooking more, but I do, I do, I would honestly, I would love to be vegan. Like, because I actually, I used to work for this company called, uh, it's actually a, a burger joint called Slutty Vegan. And I know a lot of people that are vegan and like, I've had a lot of different vegan foods and just knowing like the different processes and different things that you can use to make bomb ass, like literally like, anything that you could think of that is food can be made vegan in some kind of way. You know what I'm saying? You just got to figure out a way to do it, you know? So, Look, I'm not, even though no damn cauliflower wings, man. <laughs> listen it's you got it another thing about it is it's also just like like anybody's food like everybody macaroni and cheese is not banging you That's know true. what i'm saying That's so true. it's like I, i've had certain things like I, I had i've had some vegan desserts that were trash and i've had some vegan desserts that were that were absolutely slap you know what i'm saying so it's it's all about who's making it to be honest Yes, I definitely agree with you because you can't trust everybody's cooking. Even them people that be advertising them plates on Facebook. I don't know if you see that in Atlanta, but I know I see it down here in Tampa. Like everybody's still advertising them plates. They got ten dollar plates. I'll be like, it look good, but I don't really trust your home. If you know what I'm saying. Listen, but I mean, I don't. I never knocked somebody's hustle because I was at one point in time 
somebody I used to have a little uh side business where I was uh basically selling plates, selling lunches and stuff like that. The thing about it is some people's presentation is all about the presentation. A lot of times when you're advertising your food, it's not even about the taste. It's about the presentation and how it looks. And some people's food just don't be it might be good, but it don't look like the pictures don't be on point. So Yes, yes, the the pictures and the actual product be uh different from each other. Like honestly, I got to a point. If you got an established building or if you had an established business, I will trust your food because I don't want to go up in somebody's house, their house look like a mess and you're trying to serve me a plate. No. My mama didn't raise me that way. Mama told me that everything needs to be clean before I start cooking. And that's kind of how I've been whenever I now if I cook, I make sure everything is clean before I start cooking. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, to as as somebody who's worked in many, 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 many different restaurants and known people that's worked in many, many different restaurants, some of these restaurants are, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. He's basically like taking the same risk of eating out of somebody's house, just like eating in one of these restaurants out here. Yeah, I know a lot of these restaurants out here are high risk. You know what I'm saying? See, that's why you avoid the ones in certain neighborhoods and you go to where the bougie people are, man. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Liquor Talk Podcast. If you don't know now, you know this is the podcast that's taking over for that night, for that 20 and the 21. We are surviving through the quarantine. Coronavirus cannot stop us from putting out podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and pop you a shot or two for Liquor Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Because the more you drink, the better this podcast is going to sound. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the exclusive round with the host of the Diary of the Black Mad Black Man, Mr. Larry, Mr. Blake Johnson, sir. So how how thing? I hope you're holding up okay, man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate okay. you not being so mad enough to where you can come on look and talk. <laughs> <laughs> because trust me, we be we us us as black men, we be very angry. So how did this title come about? Listen, so first of all. I'm not a mad black man, but the thing about it is when you think like as when I so let me back up. The title Diary of a Mad Black Man, I've always kind of had that 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 title, that slogan in my mind ever since I saw the movie Diary of a Mad Black Woman. It's like, well, why can't we do it from like a mad black man's perspective, you know? And so fast forward to me now want to be a creative write books do poetry and all that kind of stuff i was like well i'm gonna do a podcast boom and that was the title of my podcast so here it is and um what it means is it's really just like the focus is it's a diary you know what i'm saying diary of a mad black man it's a catchy title um it kind of was just like i'm gonna make my podcast like a diary so might as well do it like that and um but it doesn't mean like that you're mad or that you're crazy or anything like that because the term mad like when you really think about it it can mean a lot of different things like think about like oh like those shoes are mad dope you know what i'm saying like that's mad cool you know what i'm saying or so it it can mean like really a lot of different things and so it can end up being like a play on words so i'm that's something i'm kind of also wrapping my mind around with is like i think about building a brand and expanding the podcast and potentially like making like some kind of business avenues out with it or some kind of way i don't know so but that's really where where it's come from that's real so what compelled you to just decide to get started in podcasting like uh so literally the day so the first day i recorded 
and published an episode. I did it all like within like a two, three hour period. I was on a Zoom conference call. It was like at one of those 8 a.m. Zoom conference calls. I was invited by this guy. Oh, his name escapes me right now. I want to say like David Chans or oh, I feel so bad for butchering his name. But um, I think his name his name is like uh, his name is like Sleepers for Suckers or something like that on Instagram. I don't I I I feel bad for missing it. Uh, but anywho, um, I was invited on the, on the Zoom call because I donated some money to one of his little calls. I think I donated like five bucks something like that. Anywho, long story short, I was on the call and they were all like business people and people that had like multi-million dollar businesses and stuff like that and it was like they're just like weekly pep talk like weekly exchange of advice like they're just coming in to share like ideas what they need help with and stuff like that and my me being on the call one of these guys he was basically like to me basically his advice to me was to him it sounded like I didn't really know what it was I wanted to do because I was explaining to them that I wanted to have a business and all this kind of stuff, but, or even what my product was or how I was going to do, or if I was going to do real estate, what type of real estate, you know what I'm saying? And so he said, figure out what it is you want to do, whatever it is that you want to do that you would like to do that you're interested in and just start doing it. And it's just that simple. Start doing it and figure it out. He said, that's what everybody does. And I literally, like when I got off the, call I was just sitting there and I was like you know what I really want to pop I was like what can what can I do you know because that's what that, that's where I was you know what I'm saying I was still out of work I was broke as shit um I couldn't go nowhere I was still really I mean I was kind of getting over the illness but I was still sick you know what I'm saying so it wasn't much I I could do you know what I'm saying so the question was what do I really want to do but it was more like what can I do and so I've always wanted to podcast. Like I actually created my anchor account like in January of that year. And this was like October, I want to say like October 25th that I recorded and dropped my first episode. And I was just like, I just literally just opened a laptop. I was like, I know I want a podcast. I don't know what this journey is going to look like, what it's going to sound like. I know this is kind of what I want to do. Kind of, you know, I sat down with it for like maybe like a day or two working like just basically adding in all the information to my account and just released the episode and here I am six months later hey that's good I, I feel you on that I definitely feel you on sticking with it just starting and just just sticking with it you know what I'm saying so what's something you wish you would have known about podcasting you wish you would have known six months ago <laughs> you know I'm actually uh working on uh put uh publishing a, a episode about this <laughs> like just basically about really? yeah, i'm gonna do an episode i'm i'm still like I'm, so this is so the way my diary works is just real, like i have some episodes that like i write down like a detailed outline and like there's certain like topic points that i have and i have some episodes i just get on and it's just like freestyle you know what i'm saying there's no rough outline or anything like that but what it is that i want to do is i want to Shit, I just lost my train of thought. You got it. <laughs> um, um, quick refresher. It was, what do you wish you would have known about podcasting before you got started six months ago? Yes. You know, that question is like, I'm going to be honest. That question is kind of overwhelming because there's there's so much that I wish that I knew. Um, I think, I guess to answer the question, something I wish I knew was just to 
to just not be afraid. Like in the beginning, I was afraid to really be honest and trans. Like honestly, I think now I'm at a place where I feel that I'm really being more honest and transparent um, with it. So I guess that's the advice I would give to myself. Okay. Well, what advice would you want to give to someone that's looking to start a podcast? Because I've had, I've talked to a lot of different people asking me how to start a podcast. And sometimes I just tell them to simply get started. So what would you tell somebody that wants to, that just came to you and said that you have a dope show? I want to get started with a podcast. How can I get started? Um, well, I would ask them, you know, why do you want to get started first? Like, you have to answer your why. Why do you want to get started? And if you can answer your why, then you're already there. Like you're already on your way. Then once you have your why, then that's literally then your next step is to get started. And But I will also tell them to remain focused on your why and not pay so much attention to detail. Because I think for myself and my podcast journey, what even still to this day, what bothers me is like how I speak, like, I know I like, I think I already said this, but I say, um, a lot, you know, how I sound, what I'm saying. And when I stumble over my words and when my audio, you know, doesn't sound the best, you know, you got to kind of push all that stuff aside because you're doing it. You know, for, for me, I'm doing it by myself. You know, some people start their podcast and they have producers, they have engineers and they have a whole team. They have a setup, you know, they have the mics. Me, I started with no microphone, like my entire first season no microphone at all. It was just me and my MacBook, talking to my MacBook. You know what I'm saying? I knew I had a vision and I knew my why. I knew why I wanted to do this. I wanted to raise awareness around mental health and talk about relationships and all and all the things that I'm still, you know, kind of traumatized from, still dealing with, still healing from. That was my why. And so I, I just started to do that. So that's my, that would be my advice. Figure out your why and then just do it. Oh, wow, that's good. Hey, I totally feel you on the technology part because I'm 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 still using my iPad to record the podcast. And some episodes I've used just my phone when the iPad was dead. So I can totally feel you on that. And I've talked to other podcasters who they just use the mm-hmm. phone, and, but you couldn't tell because the audio sounds really yeah. good. And then you know something else you gotta also think about too is a lot of people are like like when I look at my analytics. The majority of people that are listening to my shows are listening to it on an iPhone. So if 80% if eighty exactly. of my audience Same is listening to my show on their iPhone, that also means what? They have their headphones on. A lot of people, like, with the quality of the headphones that a lot of people have, like me, like, I have my AirPods on right now and I'm recording. Me too. I got them on too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the audio, like, that's why I say, like, don't pay so much attention to the details because the audio quality is going to naturally get better. And I'm the kind of person like in my journey and podcasting and like how I want to grow and even just like audio and like radio and like you even think about like TV and producing like this, this is like a whole new field, a whole new like industry that I'm tapping into, so to say, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's no telling where you can grow or how you can land in it, but you got to just get your feet wet and just do it. You know, but like I said, but exactly. you also, again, my advice will always be you have to know why you want to do it. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be record an episode and then hear yourself stumble over some words or do be like me? Like, are you going to also be OK with you put out an episode and then you listen to it and it sounds like shit and you realize like or you put up a, a description of an episode and you realize you have words in the spell. You got to be willing to go through that stuff, too. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you're growing. Damn, you don't have the. No, I feel you. Damn, you don't have the mm-hmm. autocorrect because I mean, I whenever I type up my thing on my descriptions, I be misspelling words. But luckily, I'll I'll catch it because you had a red squig line under them. So I don't know. Sometimes, like I said, I, I can catch that stuff. Yeah, you know, it it hasn't happened a lot, but. Like I, another reason why, why I said that is because I literally just the other day, um, I had I I recently stumbled across the app called Canva. I don't know if you heard of it, but it's like a like little app that you can use to like make flyers and logos and like advertisements. And I really just like rebranded my uh, show with it. Anywho, I made a flyer and I spelled available wrong, and I had been like working on like just doing shit on this app for like hours, so I didn't catch it. And I had put it on my, my Instagram. And it wasn't until somebody reached out to me. was like, hey, don't fly. Woo-woo. But available still spelled wrong. You know what I'm saying? That was like a moment for me. Like, shit. Like, how did I not catch that? But I don't know. I don't know what happened if it didn't, like, catch it. But I also, like, for example, six months ago, I would have really beat myself up about that. Now it's like, you know, I just need to be more aware of it. So it's just really about taking everything with a grain of salt. And that also could just be me. And the style of my platform, because I'm like, yo, this is my diary. Like now, like I'm just so, like I'm getting so comfortable and free with it that it's like, whatever. Like you know, I'm I'm not too particular about that kind of stuff. Cause that's just how real and raw and honest that my show and my platform is. So the way I see and I view podcasting and how I do things may not work for everybody else, and that's something else I'm learning in this journey too. Yes, that's real. That's so real. Um, this journey of being a black creative, everybody has their own different way. And it's like what may work for you may not work for others because personally, sometimes I can freestyle. Excuse me. Sometimes I can freestyle, but then sometimes I need the structure. I need the organization. So that way I know where we're going because sometimes the conversations just get really good and you just forget about certain things. And well, you'll just have something to talk about for next week. So, anyways. So tell me, of all the cities you lived in, which one would you say was your favorite city to live in? That's the easy one, Miami. <laughs> I lived in Miami for two years in grad school. It was paradise. It was absolute paradise. Yes. I, like, I absolutely loved Miami. I love the culture, the food, just, just everything. I, I loved it. It's an international city. It's very much, it's not an American city. Like, and when you live, when I was living there, it fulfilled my desire to live outside of the country in, in, in a sense, because wow. a lot of, uh, you know, the majority of, I, th- I want to say like almost the stat, I can't remember the exact stats, but I want to say it's like 80 to 85% of the city, their first language is Spanish. So like when I was going to school, like when I would go to Walmart, like I'm in Walmart trying to find somebody that speaks English, you know, trying to look for stuff, you know what I'm saying? And that was like a challenge. So, but on the flip side, I absolutely loved it. The people, the weather was absolutely amazing. The number one thing I missed the most about Miami, because I don't live in it, I live in Atlanta, um, is the beach. There's no, there, there's there's no greater place. Like I, I mean, I don't, want, I don't, I don't, I haven't experienced enough of the earth to, to make a real drastic statement like that. I've also been really careful with my words, been trying to really be conscious of that. But I haven't experienced a better place on earth than being at the beach. Yo, you're right. I I can't lie to you because of all the years I was in college, the best spring break I had was the one me and my homeboy went to Miami, man. 
Now, mind you, I don't the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that I had to drive from Tallahassee to Miami by myself with really? no help and two people knocked out in the car sleeping. And not to mention, not to mention two people were um fighting about it. And I still laugh about it to this day, but um I had a really dope time in Miami. And like I said, I'm six hours away in Tampa, so it's like Miami that I agree, Miami's paradise. But I will warn people. You can go from my paradise to the hood in less than like five minutes. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you 100%. That's why I don't live in Miami right now. Because if I did live in Miami right now, I would be in the hood. Which, low-key, I live in the hood in Atlanta. So it's like, eh, it is what it is. But that is a thing about Miami. It's definitely, it's a, the, the, on a much greater scale, you see the have and the have-nots in Miami. You literally yes, you do. One minute you'll see the yes, yeah, one minute you'll see all the Bentleys, the next down minute you'll see all the broke down cars, and you yeah. know, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um I definitely agree with you on Miami. Um so what do you like about Atlanta right now? You know, I've been really wrestling with that lately. You know, if you'd ask me that question. Um, let's say about a month ago when I was still working and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to be totally honest with you. The answer to this question might've been different because now I'm really trying to figure out why do I have to stay here? Because now I don't have a job. I don't have, I'm, I'm staying with a friend right now. I don't have any ties to anything here. So why am I here? What do I love about Atlanta? Um, I like being around black people. I mean, it, it, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if this is an episode for me to go there about that, but. Go there, man. Go there. Go there. Go there, man. Let's go there. Take it there, man. Because, like, I love my people, but oh, my God. But then it's like people everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I do wish that black people, the sense of community is just not there. It, I, and that's one of the things that I came to Atlanta in search of was the sense of being around, you know, it, I think a lot of people outside of Atlanta view Atlanta as like this black mecca of all these black people doing exceptionally well, which it is, but they're not trying to, you know, help people, you know what I'm saying? Like they like, for example, like when I was a teacher, I knew plenty of principals, plenty of people, you know, plenty of teachers. They was like, oh, no, I don't I don't play in, like, I was teaching in Clayton County. It's like, oh, no, we don't play in Clayton County. Like, they're the same, like, when you think of how a white person would view the community that they were serving was the same way that they would speak and talk about the community that they were serving. See, does that make sense? And so it's like... So basically, they don't they don't have love for the community that they serve. Right, but, but at least it's supposed to be black people like we're all black people we're supposed to be for our people type mentality and that wasn't there so i'm not saying it doesn't i'm also not going to say it does not exist in atlanta it's just not as rampant as i was expecting or hoping and so that was kind of that should be kind of like a, a bummer since i've been here like kind of like dang like that atlanta is not what i thought it was going to be you know what i'm saying like it's a good city don't get me wrong i like it the food here there's tons of great places to eat but it's like, eh, I don't know. It, it, it's hit or miss. 
Yeah, I feel like that with Atlanta too. The last time I went, it's just I really wish the people, like more black people, were just more united in helping each other instead of just doing this whole thing of um, you know, what I'm saying this whole competition yeah. thing, which. I don't know why you feel like you're in competition. There's mm-hmm. no competition. It's a life is a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. It, it, it's a mentality thing. You know what I'm saying. And at, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying. I, I I've lived a lot of different places, so I've always known that. Like, for example, like me, I'm the kind of person I can't necessarily say like a specific hood that I grew up in or a specific place that I grew up in or a specific place that I claim as like home because I've lived so many different places and so many different places have given me a sense of home to the point that now as an adult, you know, being 30 and now living where I am now, I don't really, like I know that home is where the heart is and that's just how I feel. So really it's about what do I want to experience? You know what I'm saying? So now when I'm thinking about, you know, you know, like for example, why do I love Atlanta? Why do I want to stay there, stay here, you know? But I'm also thinking to myself, what do I want to experience next in life? You know, what kind of environment do I want to be in? What kind of weather do I want to feel? You know what I'm saying? Those are the kind of thoughts that I'm having now. So it also, that also shapes your reality, my reality of what it is that I'm thinking about doing and how I view things. That's real. That's real. So any advice on turning 30 for some of us that are turning 30 that later this year, like yours truly? That's a big question. (laughs) Bro, that's a uh, advice for those who are about to turn thirty. I'm only about yeah. Listen, I just hit my sixty day mark on the twentieth of April. So today was a, like I haven't even hit seventy days in thirty. Um, it's cool, you know what I'm saying. My back, you know, woke up a little hurt about one time so far, and a little stiff. Uh, but advice, I would just say, man, just continue to, to live life. Like don't let the number or your age determine like how you feel you should be living or what you should have or what you should achieve. Like, I think a lot of us millennials, we really held on to this idea of by 30, we'll have X, Y, and Z or by this age, we'll have X, Y, and Z. And now that you're here and it's like, well, that's not, this is not what I planned. This is not what I set my life to be. So again, just try not to let your age determine like what you should or shouldn't have. And just like I said, take it with a grain of salt and just continue to enjoy life the best you can. That's real. And I've had to do that because I've done podcasts with other people. I tell my age, they're like, Oh, you still a baby? I still smell the similar like my brother. I'm like, damn, really? <laughs> right, like, god damn, I people people say this crazy. to me all the time. I'm like, yo, like I'm 30, and people are like, oh, you're so young. It's like, I'm like, bro, like I really feel like ancient in this thing. Like, like a part of me does, but a part of me doesn't. And like in the grand scheme of life, I get it. I am young, but I still feel all the shit, bro. <laughs> Trust me, I'll be I'll be saying that same thing. I'm like, damn. I talk with my agents like, yeah, you still baby. I'm like, damn, really? Even even the people younger than me, they're they're like like people that are 23, 24, they're like, oh, you're still young. I said, Oh damn, yeah. really? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> but um, so what can people get from Diary of a Mad Black Man when they listen to it? 
Or what should, and what should people be getting from it? What are people going to get from Diary of a Mad Black Man is they're going to get a safe space to engage. Like I'm really pick, kicking up the engagement aspect of creating a community of people to support each other. They're also going to get some entertainment from me. Like I like to just be myself. Um, they're also going to get the chance to really listen to me, open up and express myself, really share some things that have been honestly traumatic, some things that are painful, some things that are beautiful, some things that are ugly, you know, all of it. It's literally like, think of it like a diary. Like if you think of things like finding somebody's diary and opening it up and reading it, that's what you're going to get from tuning into my show ultimately. So that's where I'm going. That's where I'm moving with it. Um, it is a journey. It is a process. Like I can only imagine what this is going to be like six months from now when I hit the year mark and then two years from from now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the big name or what I think of as a big name podcast, you know, they've only been in the game two years. You know what I'm saying? And when you think about it, yeah, it's a long time, but it's really not. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's really no telling where this can go. That's real. Now, now another thing. I usually ask the ladies this uh, if it's um a, a podcast geared towards ladies, so you'll probably be the first guy I ask this. So what can ladies get from, and ladies by me and my black women, what can they gain from listening to your podcast? You know, that's a really good question. That's actually a very deep question um, because I love black women. I love black queens. And I, what, what I can say in this moment is that they'll definitely get a brother who is let me say let me say, say it like this i see a lot of black women saying that they want black men to step up and to be leaders in our community and to be themselves and to be emotionally available and to be respectable and to be you know of what you know black women scream black men to be or what they want men to be what they'll get from my show is an example of a man trying trying to be that trying to work on himself trying to be more trying to be better emotionally spiritually mentally financially you know somebody who's working through their process somebody who's comfortable going to therapy talking about it so that, that, that's what you'll get and you'll you'll get a little piece of me um and that's what you'll get from me hopefully that's real last question at the end of the day why should people subscribe to the diary of a mad black man podcast People should subscribe to my podcast because not only are they supporting me, they're supporting other people, specifically black men, all men um, in a journey of healing and being honest and vulnerable and transparent with themselves. What I've learned is that it's not just like when I first started my, my podcast, I was like, where is this? Where are the safe spaces for black men to really just be themselves and talk about serious things like health, like mental health and physical health and relationships and love, intimacy, sexuality, all these kind of things that isn't necessarily a barbershop, a locker room, or like a sports, you know, kind of things, these kind of typical spaces. And as I've grown in that, I've learned that there's a lot of those spaces, you know what I'm saying? And I'm creating one of those spaces. So by support, supporting and listening to my show, you're also supporting me in that cause and in that endeavor as well. So I think it'll be a great journey as well. You know, I think that it'll be a beautiful thing to watch me grow. And I think people should tune in. 
That's real. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on the liquor talk and blessing us with your presence, talking about your podcast, opening it up a little bit. I definitely appreciate it. I'm definitely grateful for you for coming through. And um, like I tell all my other guests, not too many, only one or two have held me to this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. I might be in Florida, a state away, the state, a state below you, but I'm only a DM away whenever you're ready to have me on. Diary of a Black Man. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I would definitely love to have you on. I think that as we all grow in our podcasting journey, you know, it's good to just support each other. I think a lot of us, you know, when we were coming up, it was always about looking at the people ahead of you or people that were in positions that you desired to have rather than looking at the person next to you who maybe has, who doesn't have, you know, that job or that position or that plug yet, but they have that same drive that you have. So that, that's a good thing. I definitely will look forward to working with you and doing more with you in the future as well. Yeah, like I said, whenever you're ready to set up, you let me know, and we'll definitely get, we'll definitely be in touch. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking time to listen to this exclusive round. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for supporting season two of Liquor Talk. Season three is slowly but surely on the way, ladies and gentlemen. But until the next time we meet, the next time you hear my voice, remember to always pull that look up because what you're going through right now is temporary, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't going to last forever. There are better days are coming. I hope y'all surviving this thing. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Look and Talk podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on whatever you get your podcast at, ladies and gentlemen. And follow us on Instagram at Look and Talk Podcast. And until